0: Holly G with the Golf Insiders, and today I have a very special guest uh, who's been a sports journalist for 12 years and has a very popular podcast called Beyond the Clubhouse. He uh, resides in our nation's capital, beautiful Washington, D.C., and uh in normal times, we would be together in the media center at the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week in Orlando. Alas, uh, we are both home doing the, uh, the home broadcasting thing. It's uh, great, though, to have Garrett Johnson on the show today.
1: Hey Holly G, what's going on? You, you mentioned Bay Hill, and we met there in 2016. I Remember, we had lunch a couple times with Mike Jamieson, of course, all your friends, at IMG, and that was a cool year because 2016. Later on that year, I go to uh, you got me to go to the conference there. We went to Utah, played some great golf up there in the mountains of Utah. So it's amazing how golf brings people together, and I think particularly this week at Bay Hill the different types of people over the years at media centers that you'd run into. It's, it's such a great thing, and, and, and it all comes down to uh, Arnold Palmer and, and what he did, his legacy, and uh, I love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I met Arnold when I was nine years old, and, um, in fact, this week there... They're running the Golf Channel's documentary series that they did um, on Arnold. And it's really remarkable just, you know, who he was, not only as a player, as we know, as a businessman and, um, you know, so many things. Uh, I think it was uh, our, our friend Adam Shupak from Golf Week who said, you know, Arnold Palmer was known for making golf cool, you know, he was humble, charismatic, plain-spoken. And, man, when he came on the scene in the 1960s, he was uh, the guy, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned uh, you know, him coming on the scene. For me, I kind of caught him at the end of his career, the very first Bay Hill 2016. So I'm looking at the end of his legacy at age 86, there I was, you know, walking the fairways at Bay Hill, and there's Arnie driving down the middle of his fairways, uh, watching his grandson, Sam Saunders. And it was so cool to kind of capture some of the sights and sounds of that. Walked the entire back nine uh, with those guys. Honestly, Holly, like, I'm a big history fan, so it felt like living history day in golf. You know what I mean? Because, like, there's Arnie at his place at Bay Hill, and he's following uh, <laughs> Sam Saunders. And, um, you know, I think about, Even last year, when I was out at, and speak of the legacy of Arnold, last year, think about all the people signing autographs. Ricky Fowler, so many people are critical about the slump he's in. But you know what? Last year on Sunday, after a long final round, the highest scoring finish ever, and it was crazy windy. Ricky was out there for 40, 45 minutes, signing autographs, and we, we, we kind of overlook that sometimes, how much he has done to help the legacy of Arnold Palmer in terms of interacting with fans, looking them in the eye, signing autographs, putting in the time. Patrick Reed was out there for 20, 25 minutes. I mean, so many other players, young and old, uh, Zach Johnson, Davis Love III were out there as well. I remember I, I asked Zach Johnson, I shook his hand, he said, I don't know if you want to shake my hand. I I, I've high fived a lot of people in the last thirteen minutes and um of course COVID was coming up at the time. It was the last tournament that finished on a Sunday before uh you know, things you know, Shut changed. You the, the world changed, right? So yes. but still the legacy of Palmer is very strong through the players, um, even approaching a pandemic as we did last year.
0: Yes, I, I was there on the eighteenth green. It's it's a very um intimate setting there and you know, we have gotten so used to Arnold Palmer being at the side of that 18th green to greet the winner and, you know, his presence really missing now for, you know, those players. But of course, the traditions like the, you know, red cardigan sweater that's presented on that 18th green, uh, always a, a special moment. And, and the players, you know, really do, um, uh, you know, they, they so respect, uh, Arnold Palmer. I mean, how can you not? He, he's the epitome of, uh, you know, he started the whole sports marketing, uh, concept with, you know, his friend Mark McCormick from IMG. And, you know, the whole idea of endorsing products and, you know, putting your name on businesses. I mean, you know, this, this, uh, you know, he, he really not only just, you know, was, the man in golf but he was an icon in sports in general
1: that's a great point and, and you talk about the players so respecting him and think about it like look at Roy McIlroy who was off to the early lead on Thursday this year um he's he finally came out to Hill in 2015 um, and thankfully, Arnie got to see him in 2015, 2016. But he has been committed to this event pretty much since then. Um, Justin Rose, a lot of top players, a lot of European players. Tommy Fleetwood's been out here quite a bit. Uh, Francisco Molinari won this a couple of years ago. Uh, Tiro Hatton. I mean, there's a really a strong contingent and a very impressive field, even in these years, these five years after Arnold has passed away. Like it really is a respect factor. And, and the other thing too, Holly, This tournament has shuffled in the schedule. Okay, the players, the players championship, the gold standard, quote unquote, of the PGA Tour is the following week. This has become, if you will, I'm not. It's almost like the Texas Open before the Masters, right? Like, so you you can look at it that way. But but it's been moved to a less favorable position, right in front of a massive event. Yet it still gets the field as we're seeing this year, and very impressive.
0: You had a chance to speak to Arnold's uh, grandson, Sam Saunders. Um, you know, interestingly, Arnold had two daughters, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, Sam comes along as uh, the, the grandson and, uh, you know, really was, uh, you know, he was, he was Arnold's protege.
1: Yeah, and that's what uh, Peter Jacobson had mentioned, that, you know, Arnie put so much into Sam. Um, in, so in, in their time at Bay Hill, just over the years, coming down and practicing at Bay Hill, Sam told me he would get frustrated as a young team at the week of Bay Hill, because that's where he would practice, and there was nowhere to practice. Because nice. I'm missing out on my reps, I'm missing out on my days because of all these players, and Uh, You you know, he had to adapt to it. I think what's really cool, though, is at age um, in 2002, which would have put him at age 14, he got the chance. This is Sam Saunders, got the chance to be the marker and to play for the first time Bay Hill in tournament conditions. And he played with Peter Jacobson, a great friend of Arnold Palmer, on that Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I guess I think he shot a two-over. Holding his own at age 14, of course, uh, Jacobson, she's 69, tears the place apart. Right. But it was just so cool that they got to bond, and, and since, since then, they've been such good friends. This is Peter Jacobson and Sam Saunders, and, um, yeah, I was just impressed talking to Sam. Two years after that now, 2004, we've all seen the video, Holly G, 2004, on the 18th hole, Arnie, you know, about to hit his final approach shot of his entire career at Bay Hill and he, he goes, let, let me go with Driver and, and I talked to Sam on the podcast about this, on the other clubhouse. I said, what was your response when he said, let's go Driver and he said, no, and it, let's lay up short left of the green like smart people do from 240 yards out and let's uh, try to get up and down, I can't believe it, and in the end Sam told me that he was he, he knew his granddad at 73 was trying to impress the 16 year old grandson And and this is a twinkle in his eye. He was going for the, uh, to impress him. And so when he did pull out the shot, and we saw the amazing drive out the deck that gets onto the green, we see that ear to ear grin from Arnold. And it was really for Sam to show him. He was a good player at the time. It was really for his grandson and those dynamics. And and I just love that story.
0: Absolutely priceless. And uh, you know, you you mentioned in this story you've been working on. uh, you know about that final final year at Bay Hill. Uh, those of us who've been lucky enough to be inside the ropes know that uh, Mr. Palmer's favorite spot was uh, perching his golf cart near the 16th tee, in which he could also watch the action on 18. And um, you know, you could you could often find him there during uh, the tournament rounds.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's what happened on that very first day of 2016 when he's out following Sam for about three hours. Uh, Maverick McNeely, Ryan Ruffles, the other two young players in that group. And at that moment, as they got to 16, uh, Peter Jacobson, who was on you know Golf Channel on their broadcast, had come down from the 15th tower, and he had walked across to the 16th uh, hole, and he saw um, <laughs> Arnie, his favorite purchase, he mentioned 16 tee, and I'm telling you, I was right there and I saw I saw Peter walking. He was a man on a mission. As soon as he saw his buddy of forty years, Arnold Baller, and he was just made a beeline to Arnie. And he went up to Arnie, put his arm on, on Arnie's shoulders. Arnie's there driving the cart, hit his wife right next to him. And Arnie didn't even flinch. Arnie was so dialed in watching his grandson on the sixteenth hole of the Far Five. And so finally, Peter was like, oh, my God, like, uh, hey, he's playing really well. Sam's playing well. And Arnie's response was very funny. He said, hey, get in the car. Let's go. <laughs> it was no, so like, hey, Peter, how you doing? Great to see you. No, no, get in the car. Well, it's all business. We got to see Sam play. You know, let's let's do this. <laughs> it was the, So those final three holes were a special moment. Um, they drove together, Arnie and Peter Jacobson and Kit. In that card, 16, 17, 18, there were probably about 300, 400 fans watching that day, and little did they know that that would be the last, and I've confirmed this with six different sources around Mr. Palmer, the last extended appearance of of Arnold's life, of his uh, uh, illustrious, amazing life, would be there for that stretch uh, on that Thursday. Uh, the, the the waning light of uh the first day there in the the long shadows there he was giving thumbs up to people people yelling we love you Arnie we love the king and he would acknowledge them yes he he was 86 he wasn't in full health but um in the end it would end up being the last extended. Uh, appearance for him in front of public, and um, just an amazing moment to be to be able to be part of that. And I, I felt lucky. My greatest regret, Holly, in my entire golf career was not asking Arnold for a photo that day. Uh, I was right there next to a photographer for the BGA Tour, my friend Chris Condon, great guy, and, and I said, hey, can, can you get a photo with me with Arnie if there's a moment to do that? And he said, absolutely, yeah. And, and I just, I didn't want to ask, you know what I mean? I didn't want to inconvenience Arnie. And um, I'm trying to turn that regret into a positive by building this story, you know, having spoken to Peter Jacobson and all the people who were there um, that know Arnie and um, how special he, he is and, and how special that moment was. I'm trying to turn this into a positive. Uh, so trying to direct my energy, my regret energy in, in, in a good way.
0: Well, the, the one thing, you know, the story that gets told often, um, you know, he had this longtime assistant, Doc, Doc Giffen, who had been a uh, golf writer himself before he sort of became, not sort of, but actually became Arnold's uh, PR man, if you will, for uh, yeah. however many years, um, their, their relationship and, and friendship, uh, you know, one of the iconic ones also in golf, it, you know, s- s- they, they show in this documentary, the, you know, files and files and boxes of requests from people and, You know, what just amazed me and I think so many people um, was just how Arnold must have had some magic wand in which he seemed to expand time because he always seemed to have time for every, you know, fan, for every tour player that wanted to pick his brain, for every, you know, request uh, for a charity event or an autograph and of course, you know Arnold's famous uh, 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 ritual was to make sure you know he very carefully signed his autograph, and he and he always told the the you know tour players make sure you take that time to sign your name, you know, and show uh, you know show show respect for the fan that's asking it, and that's that's what Arnold was all about the fans.
1: It's interesting you say that about signing the autographs because I talked to Doc Giffen for my story. What a great guy he is. He's in Latrobe, Pennsylvania now. And
2: How he, old is Doc? Is he the 90s? I
1: believe he's 90 years old. And, yeah. and he's, still, he's still calling me back. And, my God, there's so much life in his voice If <laughs> I called him and he picked up. I was like, wow, this guy sounds like he's 60 years old ready to run a marathon. He is so full of life. But Doc told me, I said, gosh, how many autographs? Arnold, do you think he's signed? And he said, easily millions. Yes. And, and upon, upon millions over his, his life that made it to age 86. And, and I said, I mean, is there any way we can get some, some kind of number on it? And he said, well, uh, there's no way you can, because he'd be in the office signing, he'd be down with the fans. Remember at Oakmont, his final US Open in 94, um, he'd be signing there. So, so there's really no way to truly get a full number on it. But it, And the answer from Arnold's publicist uh, was millions upon millions. (laughs) So we'll go from there.
0: Absolutely. Um, uh, It was uh, biographer James Dotson who uh, wrote, we loved him with a mythic American joy. He represented everything that is great about golf, the friendship, the fellowship, the laughter, the impossibility of golf, the sudden rapture moment that brings you back, a moment that you never forget—that's Arnold Palmer in Spades. He's the defining figure in golf. Really uh, captures his his whole life, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, no, that that is a really good point. Kind of full circle about what he was about, and um, I think also to the everyman that he was. To that point about relatability, um, Billy Hurley the third, who was given a sponsored exemption to play his very first PGA Tour event was at Bay Hill wow. in the in 2000s. Unbelievable. He's, of course, he went to Navy, he served our country, and, and Billy was on the Walker team, and anyways, a Walker Cup team. So he gets invited uh, by Mr. Palmer to be there for the first time, plays at uh, Bay Hill. And he would go down to Bay Hill uh, for three, four days at a time during the winters, and he would practice uh, with Mr. Palmer and, and spend time with him. And I, and I said, Billy, I have to ask, <laughs> what was it like grabbing a drink at Bay Hill with Arnold Palmer? And Billy, in a, re- in a recent podcast uh, from last week, told me that uh, he was just one of the guys. Like, literally, in the confines of Bay Hill, he was just one of the guys. But at the same time, he he was running the table. <laughs> like, he was <laughs> in charge of the conversation. He was bouncing the conversation around, directing the conversation. Um, I just thought that was so cool. And I think the big thing, too, about his relatability apology, um, Sam Saunders mentioned uh, – I said sorry. Sam – what was it about Arnold uh, in terms of the friendships you've made in golf because he was your grandfather, the superstars that you've met and becomes friends with? Who do you think of, you know, in terms of friendships? And he actually went the other direction. He went more towards the relatability of Palmer by saying that the people he loves, this is Sam Saunders, were all the Bay Hill club members that they would hang out with, uh, Robert Dameron's father, Bill Dameron, um, all these uh, local guys uh, at Bay Hill. Those are the people that really still ring um still resonate for Sam in terms of the friendships of golf um the guys that were kind of part of, of Arnie's uh you know every everyday uh Foursome. aspect of being down there yeah. yeah it's just amazing it's not it's not tiger woods it's not the superstars in golf uh that he's met because of Arnold it is it, it, it's the friends
0: well, you know speaking of another icon uh you know Tiger woods having won eight. Times at Bay Hill, and the only person I think in golf that would be slightly overshadowed by by Arnold Palmer.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, Tiger, of course, with his talent, brings so much, and he's brought so many young people into the game, people of so many different backgrounds. And of course, winning at Bay Hill has been huge. So the handshakes have been iconic over the years. The laugh they shared in twenty thirteen. Excuse me, twenty twelve. Remember Holly G, that was his first official PGA Tour win after the all the incidents that the Tiger went through in oh nine. Remember That's that? Right. 2012, and remember the laugh that they shared. We can see if your listeners look at photos of Arnold Palmer and Tiger Woods and the, the, the deep belly laughs that they shared, arm over shoulder, uh, Tiger over Arnie's shoulder there on 18 green. That was a massive win for Tiger because in 2012 he would win three times. That was the first of three wins that got him on the right track and that got him the player of the year eventually. The next year when he would win five times, including a Bay Hill, I mean, this is a very important Event, Arnie's event, uh, to Tiger Woods' career. To your point, though, about making a comparison about, you know, current players to uh, Arnie, uh, Mark Ralphing told me the other day, and I agree with this. We all love Ralph. Uh, he said that Colin Morikawa and the way that Colin looks people in the eyes and really engages with people and fans and media. There's a there's a little. Uh, there's an homage to a little drop of Arnold in him, too. And I love that observation. I think, yes, he's not Tiger Woods yet. I mean, it's hard for anybody to live in Tiger Woods. But I think that there are little bits and pieces of Arnold through Ricky Fowler and his time with the fans and also guys like Colin Cowan.
0: Absolutely. And something um, that maybe a lot of my listeners don't know, uh, he has left his mark Uh, Having designed more than 300 golf courses, Garrett, in 37 states, 25 countries, five continents, including, he built, and I didn't know this, the first modern golf course in China in 1988.
2: Good night. Wow. (laughs) Quite a reach.
0: Right? My goodness. Uh, I think the only place he didn't design was Africa and Antarctica. Uh, but if there was a, a way, Arnie probably would have figured that out, too. <laughs>
1: you know, that's awesome, Holly G, that you say that about designing things in China and in that part of the world. Because when I talked to Alistair Johnston, his a uh, manager, you know, for many years there. Um, I talked to him for my story, and he had mentioned that even now to this day, Alistair Johnston is overlooking the businesses and and some of the course work that Arnie had started there in Asia. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, he said for the rest of his life, he's forever going to be intertwined with the work of Arnold Palmer. It's just amazing.
0: It is. Even to this day. It is. Um, Well, you know, his, uh, his spirit continues to live on, and, um, You know, it really is a, a, a special week every time uh, that we come back to Bay Hill. And let's not forget another big piece of Arnold's life, which was philanthropy and all that he has done, particularly in the Orlando area and central Florida with the Arnold and Winnie Palmer Foundations and, of course, the uh, two fantastic hospitals uh, that they built here, the Winnie Palmer Hospital for Women and Babies and the Arnold Palmer Hospital for Children. Now, he and Winnie, his wife of 50 years, they were quite a partnership and, um, you know, certainly uh, gave back and really were dedicated to, um, you know, to the youth uh, of the country.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes from a lot of humility that, that Mr. Palmer had. And you mentioned James uh, James Dobson, his biographer. One thing that James has written recently in Global Golf Post, and he told me about that when I interviewed James, was Mr. Palmer. As he, uh, James would have uh, drinks, uh, you know, after dinner sometimes with Arnold and Winnie. And he said Mr. Palmer, um, as told by Winnie to him, uh, Winnie said Arnold was someone who – an ordinary man to whom extraordinary things happened in his life. Mm. And and it was because of that kind of attitude, that kind of um, humility, um, that mindset that you would see there's a lot of this philanthropical um, efforts that you're mentioning here with these two hospitals there, the foundation, Arnie and Winnie Paul. You know what I mean? Like it really, um, you know, Uh, Out of the fullness of the heart, the speak speaks uh, that old proverb. It's it's really true. Like, if if there's something, uh, (laughs) if you feel compelled to to, to do things for other people, as
0: as Arnie did, and uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, You know, Arnie's army lives on. I'm uh, part of that army, as I'm sure you are, Garrett. Even, uh, you know, we cover the game. There are just times um, that uh, we are just just fans, golf fans, like all the rest.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is great. And that's how I felt as a golf fan in 2016, wanting uh, to, to, spend, to, 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 to soak in a moment of, of a living history moment with Mr. Palmer there out on his course, the king at his favorite spot on 16T. I mean, come on. like I, You could not have convinced me to go in the media center if they would have had the greatest steak and the greatest wine that they could have offered us. No, I I needed to spend that afternoon watching Arnie, watching his grandson, and soaking in, um, you know, what it was to be out there and and, and experience Arnold Palmer in person.
0: Well, Garrett Johnson, his podcast is Beyond the Clubhouse. Garrett, how do my listeners follow you?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, on Twitter at Johnston Garrett, I'm also on Instagram at Garrett Johnston The podcast is also on Instagram at Beyond the Clubhouse Podcast, and then basically anywhere you listen to podcasts um, for your listeners is where you can find Beyond the Clubhouse. I'm very lucky. I've got uh, Jim Nance does my intro. Uh, to each podcast, and I've been friends with him for, for, I don't know, 12, 13 years. And um, all of the people I have on the pod are, are because of the friendships I've been fortunate to make in the 12 years of covering golf as a freelancer, writing for USOpen.com, ed- writing for uh, the hometown papers, a lot of these younger players as well, um, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas. So it's, it's really been special growing with the rookies, as I like to say, growing with the younger players into what they are now um so thankfully some of them remember my face or some of them remember my name which is great um but it's it's special I covering golf it's a really cool thing and 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 i'm fortunate to have this this podcast this platform beyond the clubhouse to have people like paul azinger and sam saunders and and jim nance on to, to tell great stories
0: well we appreciate all your your great stories and and uh interviews with those who were closest to the king, Arnold Palmer, in this very special week where we honor him uh, once again. Garrett Johnson, thank you so much, my friend, for spending some time with the Golf Insiders. You go, Holly G. We'll catch up again soon.